Hey, before we get into the message, I wanna take a moment and tell you about something special happening here at Union. We are in the middle of our Limitless Initiative. As a church, we're beginning construction on our headquarters in Bowie, Maryland. This is a state-of-the-art facility that will seat 2,400 people and serve as the central hub of all things Union Church. Our vision is to launch more campuses in both the DMV and beyond, ensuring that there's a life-giving community within driving distance of as many people as possible. Hey, would you consider partnering with our Limitless Initiative? 100% of your contribution will go directly to our mission of uniting people to purpose and helping people know a God that loves them more than they can imagine. Here's what I know. God doesn't respond to our giving. God responds to our obedience. Will you spend time praying? Ask God what he would have you give and obey. And as you do, he's gonna respond with immeasurably more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. You can give by clicking on the link in the description or going to theunionchurch.com forward slash limitless. All right, let's jump into today's message. I'm excited. Acts chapter nine, verse 10. If you're ready, somebody say yeah. And it says this, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. Mind you, this conversation was happening in a vision. So it wasn't an audible conversation. It wasn't Ananias awake. He was having a vision from the Lord and God was speaking to him. And he said, Ananias, and Ananias said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called straight, not crooked street, straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision, he has seen a man. In a what? So all of these things happen in a, and in a vision, he had seen a man named Ananias coming in and put his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. That Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Leave it to the church to remind God how ratchet you are when God gets ready to use you. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. It's like your mama. Didn't you hear what I said, boy? He said, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother, so that word brother is a statement of faith. That's, I'm gonna trust you ain't gonna kill me. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanted to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then I looked at the clock and I'm like, well, they really going to kill me, so I, I won't do that. Receive the Holy Spirit. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he rose and was 
baptized. Father God, we are grateful that you are a good God. You're a grateful God. You're a faithful God. You're the same God that was with us on January 1st. You're the God that's with us here on December 31st. God, we say thank you. God, that you would speak, that you would move, that you would show yourself strong in this moment. And we will be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, somebody shout amen and amen and amen. Sean, I don't know what we're going to do tonight. Jahal, y'all want to play? Y'all want to chill? Just hang out. We might shout. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the last Sunday of the year. Anybody from a big family? Any, anybody from a big family? Big family, big family, big family. No. I do have to clarify what a big family is. Some of y'all got like three siblings. You're like, big family. Well, no. No. Three is not a big family. Can I mess with you? Four is not a big family. Four is, four you just did your civic duty. <laughs> to be qualified as a big family, you at least got to get to five. If you got five kids, you got five kids, you're, you're, you're edging in on big family. How many people you come from? Big family, big family, big family, big family. Okay, okay, okay. How many siblings? How many siblings? Four brothers and one sister. So there's six of y'all. That's big. That's big. I give you that. 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 I, I, I come from a big family. There's five siblings. There's five of us. You're like, ah, oh, that's not that big. But my dad is one of 14. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's a big family. It's a big family. And I always, every time I say it, I got clarify, same mother, same father. Because, you know, people hear 14, they'd be like, grandpa was a rolling stone. No, he actually... He actually had one wife, one wife, one wife, gave birth to all them 14 kids. And yeah, so I got 14 aunts and uncles. Um, I stopped counting after a while because it was too many to count. Last time I counted, it was like 35 cousins. And now we're on a third cousin. So I just stopped counting. It's, it's ridiculous at this point. But it, it, for those of you that come from a large family, you know there's just certain concessions that you got to make. There, there's certain realities that you're going to have to live with as a result of the fact that you're a part of a big family. One of the realities that you're going to live with as a result of being a part of a big family is you can't expect it to be called by the name that you were given when you were born. Tracking with me? Why? There's too many. How am I going to remember all of your names? So it started in my siblings. My dad would look you in the eye and say, hey, you. And you were supposed to know you meant you. You wasn't what you were named, but hey, it's, you know, and then they start flicking their, 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 their finger like this. My grandfather's name was Clement, and I, I don't know if my grandma had nicknamed him Clemsby, but Clemsby was the name that every male in the Chandler household was called. So if you're at grandma's house for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, Clemsby, Clemsby, come help me. And she's just pointing, Clemsby, Clemsby. And I'm just like, I'm Steven. I don't know who Clemsby is. But, and then she gets mad. Clemsby, come. I think that's me. Let me. Because you just know there's too many. You know what's so bad? I only got three kids. And I forgot all their names already. My sister's name is Stephanie. I look at my oldest daughter and say, Stephanie, come here. Stephanie, come here. Zoe looks at me like, who are you talking to? 
You should know this. You should know this. You, you just know if I'm a part of the big family, I can't expect to be called by the name that I was named when I was born because that's just a concession of being a part of a big family. If my grandmother was here, she would argue, I'm not forgetful. I'm just like God. Because if you study the scriptures, you would find God didn't call people by the name they were born with either. Matter of fact, he had an uncanny knack of changing people's names. He, he, he would roll up on somebody and say, hey, what's your name? And, and they would say, my name is Abram. And he would say, ah, you don't really look like an Abram to me. You look more like an Abraham. From here on out, your name is Abraham. And Abram's like, well, that's not what my mama named me. And God said, I don't care. You're now Abraham. And then he said, who's she? Oh, that's my wife. What's her name? Sarai. Nope, don't like that name either. <laughs> Let's call her Sarah. And here goes Abraham and Sarah saying, hey, my new name is Abraham and Sarah. Why? Because God said my first name didn't work. Come on now. Matter of fact, he did this throughout scripture. There, there was one night, the first actual UFC fight there ever was recorded in scripture between a man by the name of Jacob and God himself. By the way, Jacob was holding his own. Jacob was giving God that two-piece and a biscuit. And God said, I ain't got time for this. And he touched his hip. And Jacob said, ooh, <laughs> I ain't never seen that move before. God says, I got to get out of here. It's not yet my time. And I love the heart of Jacob. Jacob said, you may have won, but I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. We've got to get that mindset in our heart. I didn't show up to church to tick off something off a box. God, I'm coming after you and I'm not letting you go until you bless Anybody have that mindset that I came for a touch from God? I came for a blessing from God. I came for a word from God. I came for an encounter with God. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of sitting and smiling and standing and sitting. I came to see God do something new in my life. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. God said, what's your name? Jacob said, well, my mama named me Jacob. Jacob means surplanter. Jacob means second. Jacob means the one that will always be at the heel of his brother. I said, I don't like that name. I'm actually going to change your name to Israel, which means with God, you can't lose. How many people like that name? The Lord shall prevail. Y'all know Joshua? I was studying for this message. Y'all know Joshua was not his name? It was a shock to me. You know what Joshua's mama named him? Hosea. You know what Hosea means? In need of deliverance. Moses looked at Joshua and said, hey, we ain't in Egypt no more. Which means we're no longer in need of deliverance. Your name is no longer Hosea. Your name is now Joshua, which means the Lord's deliverance. 
His mama named him in need of deliverance. He was renamed. Deliverance has already taken place. Obviously, we know Peter. Y'all remember Peter, right? Peter wasn't what his mama named him. His mama named him Simon. (laughs) You know what Simon means? Simon means to hear. Hey, listen to me. Hey, who do men say that I am? Peter said, I'm done hearing what other people say. Because some say you are a prophet. Some, some say you're an angel. But I say that you're the son of God. Jesus said, that's worth a new name. No longer are you the one that hears what other people say, but I call you Peter because Peter means rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Just like my grandmother and my father, God was in the business of changing people's names. And as I was praying and preparing and reading this, I said, God, why is it that you needed to change people's names? And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, because a name represents somebody's identity and who they were born as was not who I needed them to be to walk into the destiny that I created for them. I needed them to adopt a new identity before they can walk into the new destiny that I had for them. So they needed a name change so that when they walked into who I called them to be, they weren't who they were. They were who I called them to be originally. We serve a God that is just in the business of changing people's name. Hear me. Every new move of God requires a new version of you. Every new move of God requires a new version of you. In Acts chapter 9, we come across this moment where God comes to Ananias and he said, Ananias, I need you to go to a man by the name of Saul and anoint him. Scales will fall from his eyes because I've called him for a new season and a new purpose. And then Ananias goes about reading the resume of this Saul to God as if God forgot who Saul was. And as you know, because you know your Bible, that in Acts chapter 9, his name was Saul. But by the time we find him again in Acts chapter 13, his name was no longer Saul, but his name was now Paul. Once again, a name change. And Ananias is saying, God, you, you, you can't use this guy. He's a murderer. He's anti-Jesus. He arrests Christians. And what God is saying is you are looking at an old version of Saul, and you're trying to dictate what his future's going to look like based on an old name, but I'm a God that has given him a new name and a new purpose and a new identity, and I've transformed him into who I need him to be. Don't worry about who he was. Just worry about who he's about to be, which brings me to December 31st, 2023. I love this season of the year. This is a season where we relax. This is a season where we remember. This is a season where we thank God for what he's done. And then this is a season when we try to figure out what do we want to change in the next year? This is the self-improvement season. This is, this is the vision board season. This is the full focus planner. Come on. Anybody going to be focused in 2024? 
By the way, I feel so guilty. I'm six days behind on my Bible reading plan. So before I go to sleep tonight, I got six days worth of Bible to read so I can end the one-year Bible in the one year plus four hours. But anyway. But we're kind of trapped in this mindset of I've got to improve myself. I've got to take who I am and go to the next level if I'm going to maximize this next year that I'm walking into. In Union Church, God sent me to let you know an improvement is not what he's looking for in 2024. You can't step into the new thing that God has for you trying to be a better version of you. God's not looking for a better version of you. God's looking for you that has a completely different name, a completely different identity. He's not looking for a better you. He's looking for a new, a new you. Can you write, can you write three quick things down? We're going to make sure we get that pre-show for 10 o'clock service. First thing I want you to write down is this. New is not improved. New is not improved. There's a massive difference between improvement and innovation. It's a massive difference between improvement and innovation. There's this company that we all know called Apple. And Apple was at one point at the forefront of innovation. They were one of the first companies to take a cell phone, an MP3 player, and a digital camera and put them all in one device. Remember back in the day before there were phones that had cameras on them and there were phones that had MP3 players on them. You literally had your cell phone, your little razor that you would slip in your pocket. Then you had your iPod that had music on it. Then you had your little Sony camera that you would take pictures with. And how many people know it was too many things to carry so you would only carry two. I will have an eye, a phone, MP3, and I'll leave my camera at home and only bring it for special occasions. Or I'm going to have my camera and my phone, but I'm leaving my MP3 player in the car. Wasn't until Apple said, no, 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 no. We're going to take a phone and a camera and an MP3 player, put it all together and charge you $20,000 for it. (laughs) And we all said, sign me up. Literally changed the whole world. And it did so well, they said, let's make a version two, three, four, 13, 13 Pro, 13 Pro S. Do you remember the days when a new iPhone came out and there were lines? Now there's a 15 Pro out. And you know where you can get it? Anywhere you want it. You know how long you have to wait? Not at all. It's stacked on the shelves. Why? Because the world got tired of improvement. All you're doing is bringing out the same thing over and over and over again, putting a new number on it, a little bit of a sharper camera that you could have put on last year and charging me an extra $20,000. You know what? I stopped at 13. It works just as fine as 14 and 15, minus the little glitches they be sending out trying to make you buy a new one. But without even realizing it, when we look at 2024, we're saying, God, if you could improve my marriage, 
God, if you can improve my finances. God, if you could improve my faith. God, if you could improve my business. Without even realizing it as we're looking to a new year, we're looking to a God to improve. But here's what God said in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. See, I am doing a, a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We don't serve a God of improvement. We serve a God that does something brand new. Can I just get Bible nerdy just for a second? Is that okay? Okay, so I went on this whole rabbit trail and forgive me if it bores you, but I had a good old kick out of this. So we're looking for God to do something great in our life. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says that God will take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. Somebody say amen. amen. And then I stepped back and I said, okay, well, what exactly is glory? Pa Paul talked about, I was taken to the third heaven. And as I started thinking about this glory to glory to glory to glory, I, I, I got really literal and I realized, hold on. So one glory is earth. You've got the earth that he's placed us in. You've got the birds and the trees and the water and the sky. And when you look at nature, it is glorious. Come on out. Then you've got the second glory, which is space. You ever seen the stars and seen the planets and all that is? It's glorious. Then the Bible talks about this third glory that, that is the supernatural. It's a realm that the eyes cannot see, but it is as real, if not more real, than what our five senses can touch. It is where time is no longer a factor. It is where God resides. It is the heavens. It's the third glory. Am I nerding out? Is that okay? Now, we serve a God that will take you from glory to glory to glory. Somebody say amen. But the earth glory has a completely different set of rules than space glory. Earth has this rule called gravity. Tracking with me. Space says I don't mess with gravity. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Earth got this thing called oxygen. Space says we ain't here for it. Bring your own. <laughs> Tracking with a new level with completely different, you can't say space is an improvement on earth. It is a completely different thing in itself. Then you talk about the heavenlies or the, the, the supernatural realm. The supernatural realm says, y'all deal with time down there. We don't deal with time up here. We are outside of time. Matter of fact, up here, one moment is as a thousand and a thousand as if one. There, there's completely different rules at every level that you go. Hear me. What God is looking to do in your life in 2024 is not an improvement on what he did in 2023. What God is looking to do in this church is not to make it a better version of what it was in 2023. He said, behold, I am doing something you've never seen before. We'll shout at the end. Can I nerd out just a little bit more? So God said in Isaiah 50, 43, 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. But then he said in Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine, that there is nothing new Somebody say, so which is it? Here's where I really nerded out. You ready for this? He said, there's nothing new. Y'all. 
He said, I didn't say I'm not doing anything new. He said, I'm not doing anything new under the sun. Everything that's coming new is coming from the spiritual realm. It's not coming under the sun. Okay, but y'all are nerds with me, so let's backtrack. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? Can, can you see it? Can, can you sense it? Can you experience it in a vision? He came to Ananias and said, go to Saul. I've shown Saul in a vision that somebody named Ananias is going to come and lay hands on him and scales are going to fall from his eyes. God said, I'm doing something new. It can't be under the sun because if it was under the sun. It wouldn't be new, which means it's from the supernatural realm. All that to say in 2024, God's not improving your life. He's doing something brand new, but you won't be able to sense it with your five senses. God says what I'm getting ready to do in your life, you won't be able to figure it out reading the ticker tape on the bottom of the news. What I'm getting ready to do in your life, you won't be able to figure it out taking a poll of your five closest friends. What I'm getting ready to do in your life, you won't be able to watch somebody else's success, come up with a roadmap, follow it, and end up in the new thing that I'm getting ready to do. What I'm getting ready to do in your life, you are only going to be able to sense it if you get into my presence, Amos. Chapter 3, verse 7 says this. It says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. We're entering into a season, I'm going to read it verbatim, where people who only know how to trust their five senses or their mind will miss out on a move of God. Okay, this is where I get a little ignorant. I'll go to point two and I'll get out of trouble. Everybody does it. Nobody's worse than pastors. Where we'll watch what the church down the street is doing that made them successful. And we'll say, oh, that worked for them. Let me try it here and see if I'll get the same results. And if it works, and I'm not trying to be too shady, but y'all know I got a little shade. If it works, we'll make a denomination around it. So we can teach everybody how to do it. Not the denominations are bad, but anyway. And what happens is we spend our lives chasing where God was. Oh, it looks like God's moving over here. And by the time we get to where God, somebody say was, was moving. Guess what? He gone. And I can talk about pastors because I am one. But everybody does it. You got rich from crypto? Crypto. <laughs> Woo! Remember when crypto was it? Then everybody lost their draws and now it ain't crypto no more. You flipped houses? Ooh. And we watch how other people step into what we want. 
And we say, if I can just watch what they do and follow what they do, then I can have what they have. And God said, the best thing that you will get is an improvement on what they have. But I'm not a God that improves. I am a God that does new things. Watch this. If you can perceive it, what does perceive it mean? Perceive it means I got to close my eyes. That's why he blinded Saul, because he says, Saul, if you keep looking around, the best thing you're going to do is just be a better version of your father. I didn't call you to be a better version of your father. I formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb to do things that have never been done before, to say things that have never been said before, to go places that have never been gone before. And you won't get there if you keep looking around. I need somebody with the boldness to close their eyes and to get down on their knees and to say, God, what are you doing in my marriage? What are you doing in my business? God, what are you doing in my city? God, what are you doing in my church? God, I know that you're a God that does new things and I'm trying to sense and perceive God where are you about to be you know where world changers are they're where God is going to be not where he was world changers are the type of people that say God I'm not really interested with what was popular yesterday or what you were doing God where are you going to be Write this down, write this down. Second thing, write this down, write this down, write down. Transformation, transformation, transformation is required. So in Ananias, he, he goes to straight street and he, he knocks on the door of this man by the name of Judas. And he said, is there a Saul of Tarsus here? And he goes in and he says, brother Saul, God sent me to lay hands on you to pray for you. And here's what it says in verse 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. And it says that as Saul came, as his eyes were blinded in that moment that he had an encounter with God, Ananias laid hands on him, and then what was seemed to be scales fell from his eyes. Now, if you know the story of Saul, Saul was a Pharisee. He was educated and he was vehemently opposed to the people of God. He actually had taken it upon himself to go from city to city to city, arresting Christians and throwing them into their death. It was actually Saul. I can't wait to see that fool in heaven who orchestrated the death of Stephen. Got beef with Saul. I'm down with Paul, but Saul, I don't mess with him. And it says that Saul was on his way to Damascus to arrest more Christians and throw them into prison. As he was going, you know the story, he had an encounter with God. God knocked him off of his high horse, which is where the colloquialism comes from. He blinds him in that moment. They take Saul into Damascus and Ananias comes and lays hands on him and his eyes are open. And watch this, when Saul's eyes are open, he is in the city that he was always headed to in the first place. When his eyes are open, he's smack dab in the place that he wanted to be for an exact opposite purpose. But now because he had a different vision, the same location that he was in, watch this, looked completely different. Not because the city changed, but because Saul changed. I may not be preaching to anybody except myself, but hear me. 2024 is the year we finally stop asking God to change the situation around us and start asking God, can you change my vision for this situation? Instead of saying, God, can you change 
change my job? God, can you change me so I can thrive in this job? I'm going to get in trouble, but that's all right because my wife ain't coming till the next service. God, can you change my spouse? You know why God ain't answered that prayer yet? Because you're praying the wrong prayer. God, don't change my spouse. Change the eyes in which I... It's no longer annoying. It's now adorable. I just love how you sleep with your mouth open and, and snore so loud that nobody in the house can sleep. Oh my gosh, it gives me butterflies. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a improved creation, an altered creation. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are. Oh. Anybody got a mic? Where's my singers at? They gone. They quit, huh? They said, we'll be back for the pre-show. I think it's Micah Stampley. Who, who sings that song, Take My Heart and Mold It? Oh, I was, where'd y'all go? I was worried about y'all. Yeah. Yeah, Man, put that brownie down, came running outside. <laughs> 10 seconds, what's the, take my heart and mold it? Take my mind, transform. Transform it, transform it. So take my will, conformity. My will. Don't do all that. <laughs> to yours, to yours. To Y'all know that song? Oh Lord. It says, "Take my heart and mold it." So take, take my heart. Show off. To yours, to yours, oh Lord. Come on, one more time. To yours. To yours, to yours, oh Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by changing the way that you think. Because if you could just change the way that you think, then your life will prove what, remember, remember? glory to glory to glory, the good, pleasing, and perfect. God, if I can just get you to change your mind, I can get you to go to another level, not an improved level, but another level in God. So I come to Abram and Abram means father. And Abram is saying, I don't have a kid. I don't have a kid. I don't have a kid. My name is father, but I don't have a kid. And God says, forget the kid. I've got to get you thinking about nations. You're worried about a kid. Your mindset is off. Let me change your name. So when you get that kid, you won't be satisfied with the kid, but you will know that that child will become a nation. You are no longer Abram. You are now Abraham, the father of multitudes, because when your mind changes, then you could step into the destiny that I have for you. My name is Sarai. 
I'm a princess. A princess that God has forgotten. So when God makes a promise, I laugh. God says, before I could give you a kid, I got to change your identity because you're going to laugh your destiny away. You're no longer a princess, but you're God's royalty. You're not forgotten. You're remembered by God. You're not Hosea. You're not in need of deliverance. You are now God's deliverer. God says, I've got to change your mind so you can step into the destiny that I have for you. The destiny that God has for you doesn't fit the current version of you. The destiny that God has for you wasn't made for an improved version of you. It was made for a new you. Last thing is this. Write this down. <laughs> Leave yesterday where you found it. You could tell I'm feeling a little ignorant on this last day of this year, 2023. This same Paul that had these scales fall from his eyes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do at the end of every year, I forget. I forget those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you're going to step into the new thing, not improved thing, but the new thing that God has for you, you've got to go through the discipline of intentionally forgetting 2023. Because some of us have an emotional attachment to some things that happened over the last 12 months and that emotional attachment will keep us from taking hold of what God is getting ready to do in our lives. Some of us, the emotional attachment is 2023 was the best year of my life. Man, when I tell you all that God has done, hey, celebrate all that God's done and leave it where you found it. Because he said, there's so much more I have for you. Some of you, 2023 is the worst year of your life. It ain't going to be hard to leave that. <laughs> I can't wait to get out this year. All these hospital visits and broken bones. I am over 2023. He said, leave it where it was. For some of you, you've become attached to the current version of you. God said, that worked in 2023. It, it don't work in 2024. You, you, you ever heard a man by the name of Lot? Y'all know where I'm going there, right? His salty wife. <laughs> Bible said there was a man by the name of Lot. He was actually, what, the nephew of Abraham? And he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God says, I'm going to destroy this city. Get out. Because what's going to happen around you is not going to happen to you. I wish Christians could understand this. It, the, the future of America is important, but it ain't that important because it don't really apply to my future because I can be in it and not of it. It can happen all around me, but not happen to me. It's a place called Goshen. It's where all the plagues stopped. Even though there's judgment on my neighbor and judgment on the person here, 
here and there. It doesn't come to my house because there's blood on the doorpost of my house that says whatever is coming is required to pass over because this household is marked by the favor and the sacrifice and the blood that was shed. Anybody have enough faith to know whatever happens that's not of God, it doesn't apply to this household because there's a marking on my doorpost. So I'm going to watch, but I ain't going to watch that much. I'm going to pray, but I ain't going to get that worried because it does not apply to... Anyway, he said, get out. It's over for Sodom and Gomorrah. They're running out of the city and Lot's wife, she thinks about all the play dates her kids had. She thinks about the kitchen that she renovated finally. All the Christmases. And it says she looked back. And it says the second she looked back, she, she turned into a pillar of salt. I figured it's the last semester of the year, so I got some real educated. I said, how does salt turn into a pillar? This was reading, there's ions, positive and negative. And when positive and negative ions come in contact with each other, they instantly solidify. Somebody say science will preach to you sometimes. When warring faiths, warring emotions, warring focuses come in contact with each other, it literally paralyzes me where I am. When I'm so busy celebrating what he has done, while I'm trying to figure out what he is going to do, it ends up just leaving me paralyzed right where I am. When I'm so busy mourning what did not work in the past, while I'm trying to muster just a little bit of faith that something in the future, when positive and negative is at war in my soul I end up turning into a pillar of salt and being paralyzed right where I am so hear me Union Church I'm going to give you one last opportunity to say your final goodbyes to 2023 hear me if this was the best year of your life now's your moment take your 60 seconds and praise him and thank God and be so grateful for all he's done come on pat yourself on the back for that promotion Thank God for what he did in your business. Thank God how he blessed your kids. No, no, no. Take a moment and thank him. This is your last opportunity to say, 2023, you've been good to me. God's favor was on this year. His blessing was on this year. He blew my mind in this year. This was my Ephesians 3.20 year. He did above and beyond all that I can ever ask, think, or imagine. And God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I magnify you. God, I celebrate you. However, this is the last moment I'm going to bring this up because I'm making up in my mind that I'm forgetting that which is behind me and I'm straining, I'm pressing, I'm focused on the new thing that you have for me. If 2023 was the worst year of your life, just take about 10 seconds. It ain't going to take that much time and say, I'm leaving the bitterness. I'm leaving the pain. I'm leaving the stabbing in the back. I'm leaving the unfortunate situation. I'm leaving the disappointment. Here's the moment, as they say at a funeral, to say your final goodbyes. Because we're getting ready to drop this thing in the ground. And after we drop it in the ground, I ain't digging it up again. Because I know that my God is getting ready to do a new thing. 
in my 2024 and I declare I will perceive it. God, you're going to make a way in the wilderness. God, you're going to do something that has never been done before. God, you're going to show me something I've never seen before and I'm making up my mind this year. I'm not missing out on it. Come on, say your goodbye. 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 2023, it was good. It was nice while it lasted. I'm grateful that you came. I ain't mad to see you go. I'm grateful for all that he's done. But I'm telling you, my best days are not behind me. My greatest miracles are not behind me. My greatest favor is not behind me. My greatest opportunity is not behind me. My greatest God encounter isn't behind me. Because I don't serve a God that does his best work behind me. My best days are ahead of me. My favor is ahead of me. My open door is ahead of me. My fresh healing is ahead of me. My fresh favor is ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, this is the most broke you will ever see me in my life. This is the poorest I will ever be. Because hear me, he is taking me from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Hey, you better come and get to know me now because this is the smallest influence I will ever have in my life. Find five people that know this is the smallest my life will ever be. I hope you're not intimidated by me now because this is about as small as you are ever going to see me. Because Come on, you got about 60 more seconds to say goodbye to 2023 because we about done with this year. Now to the God that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ever ask. Imagine or see in 2023. If you believe 2024 is going to be the year of new beginnings, can you take about 10 seconds? And can you lift a shout of praise and a God? Do that again. One more time. Are y'all ready to step into 2024? Are y'all ready to step into 2024? Are you ready to step into 2024? Repeat after me. Say, I decree and declare 
that 2024 is my year of all things new. New destiny release, new favor, new anointing, taking me to places that no one could have imagined. New open doors, new gifts discovered. This is the year I make room for all that God ordained for me. This is the year that mountains are moved. This is the year that my steps are ordered. And this is the year that his kingdom comes and his will is done in my life. We can't go into a new year without the blessings of the Lord. By God's command, I am blessed. I am blessed in this city. I'm blessed in the country. My children are blessed. My relationships are blessed. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed at the head and I'm not the tail. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm bold, anointed, a kingdom builder. I won't wait for the sun to rise, but I will make room by faith for the supernatural hand of God in my life. This is the year of all things new in my house. I will see all the promises of God. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give my year to you. You believe in somebody, shout amen in this place. All things new. All things new. All things new. You're making all things new. All things new. All things new. You're making all things new. You're making all things new. Church, the Bible says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. So you're in December. He's already in your July. You're ending 2023, and he's already at the end of your 24. And the only reason he circled back tonight is to let you know, I've been in your future. Just trust me. You're going to like it. 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 I, I know when you look at your past, you're a little bit nervous. Don't be nervous. I've been in your future. And I promise you, it's everything I told you it's going to be. It's going to be exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ever ask. 
think or imagine. Father God, I pray transformation over the life of every single person in the sound of my voice. God, you said in the book of Revelation chapter 2 that you have a new name for each and every one of us. God, you've called us blessed. You've called us healed. You've called us anointed. You've called us courageous. And Father God, we pray in this moment that you would put to rest all that was 2023 and that you would breathe to life all that is 2024. God, we close our eyes so that we can open our ears to thus saith the Lord. As you speak, we will obey. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, can somebody shout amen and amen and amen.